everybody. Welcome hey, to a new NMR right here on our public feed. Darren, welcome to the show. How you feeling? You're looking cute in your red sweater on Zoom. We don't we don't share our Zooms. We may in the future, Thank you. but well, you'll see NMR. it on the full. You'll see it on the full record usually because people oh, that's the true. Full record that's true. after this, you know, obviously this NMR is a little bit different. We have to get through our normal like day to day schmageggies, but. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, Wait a minute. I know. What is that exactly? But we are going to be discussing something that is murder related because as teased previously, we are going to be discussing just the reaction real quick, five, 10 minutes of reaction of the Murdaugh part two. Part two. That's right. Call it like uh, during the trial kind of covering um, Alec Murdaugh's conviction and how that all came to be. But let's get through our schmagaggies first and then we can get to Murdaugh. So, um, super excited about this. Well, I I know, and I definitely want to give my reaction to it. I know you were so excited about this documentary. I didn't even know they released one on Netflix. So, or, uh, you know, part two. Uh, is that least. how you spent your weekend after me, like torturing you to fucking watch this yeah, pretty second much. Well, part? Well, luckily, let me just get this right out of the way. It was three parts and they were like 35 minutes. I was like, thank you, Netflix. I don't have to dedicate, you know, a 40 hour work week to, to recap an episode. So Darren can be happy. That's One my, that was my that first you thought. want it to be longer because you like true crime, but that's well, fine. Listen, I do. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like, you know, for all of you guys listening, in case you didn't know, Darren's like, yeah, you should listen. You should watch Survivor. The premiere is six hours long. I was like, no, Big Brother's three episodes. I know it's funny because tonight when we're recording this on Thursday, I was like, Nateen, I go, yeah. Thursday's the big TV day. Like <laughs> so many good, so much good TV is on right now. And she was like, what? And I go, Golden Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, Jersey Shore, like Challenge, Big Brother. I oh start like God. listing off everything. Yeah. And she yeah. was like, no, I mean, no, no. I said good TV. Yeah, good TV. I was, yeah, like, I was like, so did I. Yeah, those aren't necessarily captiva- captivating storytelling, but may- maybe in some eyes, you know, it is. By the way, you didn't add Loki to that list. Yeah, Which is captivating storyteller. Storytelling. Deliberately. Anyway, more on Murdoch in a second, which, by the way, yeah. it's Murdoch, right? Because that's what they were saying in the special. But I, I think it's Murdoch. Alec Murdoch. I know everyone Murdoch. in the special was saying Murdoch, like with a hard C at the end. I was like, maybe that's how they say it down there. I don't. I think that's how they say anyway. it down there because it's like it's spelled Alex, but it's Alec. And then everyone was saying Alec, but so then some I, but people were saying Murdoch. I think it's Murdoch. Okay. All right. Mur- Martinis and Murdoch, if you remember those exactly. days. Exactly. I miss those days. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you a couple of things that are happening in my life. First of all, yeah. I don't know if you heard the news, but I am a college student, but not really. Do you want to know more about this? No. <laughs> no. 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 What a good setup, Ooh. right? Like, yeah. oh, do you want to hear the story? I really did. I really did. On. Yeah, that's why we're such a good duo. I really set you up to just beat me down. Um, um well, you graduated college already. So I don't I can did. you go that's for true. multiple bachelors? Like, can you go? Can you reattend again? I guess I guess you can. You know, I've been in a place in my life, as you know more than others, where I'm just sort of like. I could see myself going back to school. I would love to be a psychologist I talk about now. That. They always say like, that's, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. So yeah. I went, studied psychology, neuroscience, things like that in school. Right. So, right. and I actually don't regret that at all. Like I actually Same wouldn't have changed really anything about what I studied in school. I probably would have expanded it a little bit. Me given too. my interest now, but you know, that phrase, like the youth is wasted on the young. It's like, yeah. if I could go back and just sit in a 50 minute class, that would be. Me too. Darren, you're reading my mind. So I went, so I live here in Maryland and I went to um, a local state university my first year 
uh, called right. Frostburg State University. Shout out to Frostburg. And then, That's you know, right. I just kind of wanted to get out of town. I wanted to meet new people. I really Where liked... Where was Frostburg? Frostburg is Sorry. only 10 minutes from my from where I grew up. It's literally... It's, it. it's 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 part of the collective of Cumberland, for those who know, who know where I live. Um, and so it's only about 10 or 15 minutes away and it really is its own university. And like I said, it was, it's a very nice state university. It's even nicer now. Um, but you know, then eventually I transferred and went to WVU, which is about an hour away and, you know, had a great time. And just like you were just saying, like, I, I was an English major. It was what I did really well in, in school. I was an excellent writer. I would consider myself to be a pretty good writer now as well. And got a degree in professional writing and editing. And I love it. But I, you know, now, especially because of true crime, I've really thought to myself, like, some kind of like forensic psychologist. Yeah, you talked to me a little bit about that. I mean, it's interesting because I've seen this like career counselor over the years, really, really helpful guy just to kind of like, it's not necessarily that I narrowed my focus. It's that I needed sort of a therapist to kind of help me deal with acceptance and rejection and all that stuff. And, you know, one of the things that he sort of said, which I think is really appropriate is especially when we're young, like when we have all the options available to us, options obviously feel not that there's no options for me at 35, but there's limited, right? Like starting a new career would be a little bit harder now than if I was 25. But um, he always says, you know, the world sort of tells you to do what you're good at, not what you love. I mean, hopefully those are the same thing, right? Right. Hopefully those are the same thing. Um, I hope for me they're the same thing, but I, I obviously don't know. You. Thank you. I, I love what I do, and that's yeah. why I'm pursuing what I pursue. But it's for obviously sure. less less stability. But yeah, the world's going to teaches you. And I think with majoring in college too, it's like just do what you're good at, you know. And I kind of never did that because I was yeah. really, 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 really good at math and science. And I obviously did the opposite of something that yeah. would have anything to do with kind of math and science, even though yeah. I liked math and science. Yeah. It. I think it ultimately made me happier. Pop ultimately. quiz. What's two plus two? Seven. I think we need to go back to the draw. Oh, I'm glad you picked yeah, a different career. Yeah. yeah, glad you picked a different quick, career. Quick on the draw on that one. <laughs> um, but I do think it's a good piece of advice. And usually when younger people kind of uh, yeah. meet with me, I say, you know, like, I think you should try to do what you, because I think long-term happiness is kind of dependent on the thing you love to do. Not yes. necessarily like, oh, I'm good at this, but I'm miserable. Yeah, you know, 100%, I mean, there's, yeah. Well, it's that's, just a you different know, mindset. I totally agree with you. And right out of college, by the way, the reason I'm bringing this up, I should mention, is that I recently started, I work remotely, as most of you know. I work on the show, obviously, remotely here that you're listening to. So I've been taking my laptop up to the Student Union Center, which is called the Lane Center at Frostburg can State. You just, can you just, you can just walk in right in? Yeah. They're not badging anything. Um, you can walk right in. Um, and- is it like a public library? It's not a, a it's out? not a library. Like, yeah, there is a library there, but it's kind of like there's like a Starbucks and like they have like um lots oh, of seating. It's like a like a community center community that is mostly center, serving yes. the students, the students. that anyone can kind of use. Okay. Kind of like New York City a little bit, because I feel like universities are everywhere in New York exactly. City. Exactly. Like, you almost don't pay attention. Like someone told me once there's like 40 something universities. I was like, in Manhattan. That's like, wild. How actually. can that be? You know, yeah, and yeah. you're like, okay, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I've been taking my laptop. Yeah, just like just hanging out up there just to get out of my house, you know, especially when the sun is setting so much earlier. I just don't want to be in my like dark 
you know, creepy house. But anyway, um, the point is I've been really nostalgic because, you know, I'm like turning the corner. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I remember meeting my friend Amy here or my friend Kara there or Alex, who is one of my really good friends. You met Alex, actually, and several and Chrissy and Eileen at our live show in D.C. And if you remember, right. they came back into the green room. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is. I remembered thinking what you were just saying when I first graduated from college, I took an internship that was just what I was good at, but not what I loved, you know? And then I was like, I want to go do, take what I'm good at and apply to something I love, which is how I got into television. And frankly, it's what led me to you. It's what led me to you. Ah, see? Yeah all things it's funny because another good piece of advice is like when you don't really think about it like i can't remember what it i think it's called the burnt toast theory like you know you're pissed off that you that i think it's called the burnt toast theory but correct me if i'm wrong but it's essentially like let's say you are going to work and you want to make breakfast in the morning and you burn your toast and that causes it to like take a lot of time or for make toast and you're like fuck i'm late but what you don't realize is you might have missed a car accident. You might yeah. have missed someone robbing you. You might yeah. have missed other things that would have been bad for you. And so in that way, I think like one of my friends, even though I'm an atheist, was like, rejection mm-hmm. is God's protection. And so it's mm. also another good way to think about it. Like, yeah, you might have been rejected from this certain thing, but that could have been protective of you because you could have been meant for something else. Totally. And you don't totally. really know that, you know, and like just along apropos of you saying like, oh, it led me to you. It's like you wouldn't have thought being an English major or anything like that would have necessarily led to the <laughs> things right. that we're doing now, you totally, know, and in totally. a lot of ways, like that's kind of brilliant. And that's like how how life works. And that's kind of beautiful about it. So, yeah, I looked it up and you are correct. That's exactly what the burnt toast theory is. And I have a theory and maybe this is because I used to be a big fan of lost. You liked lost, didn't you? Were you a lost fan? I have a theory that you and I were just always going to cross paths no matter what. Okay. That's what I I do think think there's something like, there's probably something like that. There's like some like energy or like, you know, having deja vu. And I'm like, I feel like I've met you before to some people. Well, I feel like we're familiar already. And there are those friends in my life that I feel like I've been friends with for me too. Decades. Well, you were like friends with for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. There's like an instant connection. A lot of people, whenever we do our live shows, and hopefully we'll be doing more of those in the future. We're working on it, by the way. Um, you know, we do a QA usually at the end of our live shows. And sometimes people ask how we met, because I guess it never really was mentioned on our shows before. And I always say, and this is more of a testament to you that. I, as soon as I met you, I just knew that we were going to, we were going to be in each other's lives a lot, whether it was like on camera, you know, we were doing specific kind of on camera work for our respective networks at that time. And I just, I was like, this is the energy, this is the energy I'm so drawn to. But then what I realized actually, as great as that is, as a testament to me is that you're just that type of person. Everyone loves you. Everyone wants to be around you. Everyone loves your energy. You're just, you have, you're just like magnetic in that way. So I was thinking it was just me, but it really is everybody. Although you and I do have a great, you and I have a great rapport and I really love you and appreciate you for that. And you're just an amazing person outside of that. Thanks honey. You're so sweet. Okay. I'm going to puke if we keep doing this. Can I tell you about someone amazing that I saw this weekend? Yes. I went to Vegas. So my parents came to come visit me in Los Angeles. So I was in San Francisco with them at a music festival and then they stayed in San Francisco and then they came down to come visit me and Nadine. My brother had already seen the place. So my parents finally came and it was like, it was one of those things sometimes where it's like, 
I get nervous because I'm like, are they gonna like, do I have to entertain? What's it going to, my parents oh, like yeah. to chill us, but you know, my parents are like, go do your work. We're just here. Like, yeah, I was going to say, they're like, they we're observing. To like, chill, don't, I feel. Right. Like, don't pre- like pretend that we're not here, but it was so nice having <laughs> them. I really feel like I, it feels like this next step in my life. Totally. You know I what I mean? I don't know how to put it, but you know, afterwards, of course, my parents are always like, we want you to move back. We want you to move <laughs> back. And I said, you know, and it's, it's hard to hear. I'm not going to lie. Like it is mm-hmm. a little bit hard to hear. Cause it's not like, I just need support. And it's not that they're not supportive because they are supportive, but obviously they want their kid back. Of course, and, yeah. and so I said to them, you know, like, okay, but knowing that I'm here, right? Like, let's pretend I can't move back. Knowing that I'm here, like, how do you guys feel about everything? And, you know, it was the first time I ever had to pick them up from the airport. The first time they sat in our oh, car. I didn't the think first time they that. ever stayed with me, like, in my apartment. Yeah, you know, yeah, we have a yeah. Two bedroom. So it was the first time they actually like got to live with me. To come you know, visit normally you, it's like, in a sense. Right. Like my mom came to come visit me in Australia, but she was in a hotel. And, sure. you know, my parents would come visit at school, but they were also in a hotel. We would visit my brother, but they didn't stay with my brother because he had a one bedroom. So this was like the first time that I got to kind of mm-hmm. like care for them. And so it felt this like new chapter in my life. And it was just so nice and so lovely. And like, that's great. You know, my family loves Nadine, obviously, who doesn't, but just like, all, it just felt like such this really warm step that I needed, sort of this last kind of I totally know to solidify LA yeah. and that was just it was just great and I mean um, I thought I I thought that would be me but it's fine I'll come see you when I see you I guess yeah no it's definitely not um and it was just it was honestly so fine and so fun and then they left on Saturday and then Nadine and I flew to Vegas to go see Pink with uh oh my friend God. Darren who you know with Darren he- Goldberg Darren Goldberg was you dead. went to Pink with Darren I feel I'm being replaced I don't like You're this I don't like this Sorry. You know what I'm going to do? But I'm going to let you. By the way, I'm not going to pull Kanye. I want you to finish your thought here. Yeah. But I don't like where this is going. I don't like. I'm going to hook up my phone to this board next week, and I'm going. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Maybe I'm going to call Darren Goldberg. Maybe he and should be prepared just, for an onslaught. Just, I don't think he should be prepared. I want to see how he would handle it. Yeah. Like, nobody tell I him. I think you should just randomly call yeah, him. I'm going You're to. live on air. I've yeah, got yeah. my gripes. No, of course. Yeah, we're, we have to talk about this. You're stealing my best friend. Yeah, next week we're going to we do went, that. Anyway, we went keep with, going. Sorry. We went with a bunch of people. It was so fun. Pink was absolutely insane. Like, I mean, her shows are just absolutely incredible. Uh, so fun. She had Group Love open and then Brandy Carlisle, who you know that I love. Uh, so she was what? open there. It was What an Arena show. And then... So it was at Allegiant Stadium and we were staying someplace near Allegiant Stadium so we could walk there. And so went to the concert, walking, amazing, so fun. Just two hours of just like, mm-hmm, you know, Nadine mm-hmm. and I were talking. It's just like hit after hit after hit. Like of you course, don't realize how incredible. many hits Pink yeah. has, but she just has so many. It's just like she flying does. through the air. I posted some on my Instagram, but like the next day, I want to say, everyone kind of left a little bit earlier and we weren't flying out till late at night. So we were hanging with my friend Matt all day. We were shopping, walking around the strip, whatever. And we come back to the hotel and who do I walk by where Ew. we're staying? But Brandy Carlisle. No, you and, did like, not. Matt and Matt and Nadine are like on their phones, like not paying attention. Of course, I'm like eagle-eyeing. I have everything. And like, she's <sighs> walking very fast with her wife and I'm walking past her. And I was like, I'm just not the type to be like, let's take a pick. Like, I don't want to slow. T- like, sure. it's like when I met Julie Louis-Dreyfus, it's like, how many yeah, people no, come I up to that. you and say like, you're amazing? Not that people don't want to hear it, but I don't want to where like- were you again at the airport? No, we were in our hotel. Oh, she was in, she was staying in the same hotel as you? So were the, um, so were the Brooklyn Nets. And I think the WMA team, because like everyone was wearing Brooklyn everyone, Nets here. Every, yeah. everyone was seven foot five. Um, <laughs> so we were staying there and like, so we're walking really so, past yeah, and I just yeah. was like, 
we're walking, like we like cross paths, and I just go, Brandy, I love you. And she was like, Oh man, thank you so much. Oh, and we just keep walking. I was like, That's all I needed. That's all yes, I got. Totally. It was great. It was totally fine, but it was just so fun. So you amazing. Didn't yell, Brandy, I'm also a lesbian over here. Lesbian. I mean, no? I feel like that? it's obvious. But our hotel well, was looking at the sphere, that new like MSG <gasps> yeah, sphere yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, you know, I'm excited. It's apparent. It's advertised as like the largest sphere that isn't Earth. Well, maybe they have a point. That isn't Earth itself, Although and I believe it doesn't. It, act, it, it's not a full sphere. Let's be clear. You know, it's it's flat. Well, on the you're bottom. sitting, but like yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a little disorienting when I see a show. Honestly, like, I it agree. Feels with like it's going to be like yeah. stimuli overload yeah. and you know, just kind of crazy. My friend Andrew, who lives in Las Vegas, great friend of the show and longtime friend of mine, um, he lives in Las Vegas and went to one of the U2 shows that they did at the Sphere. And he was like, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Like you wouldn't even, you you don't even I would totally go see it, but I'm not a U2 fan. Yeah, U2. And I think they were, they only did a couple shows, but now they're doing like live cinematic or not live no they have like, like that um that movie that come i can't Planet remember Earth it's type like, of movie yeah, it's or not something. like a david attenborough but not that yeah, yeah, yeah it's something yeah. like that and it's in it's shot in 18k like didn't even know that was a format right. that existed anyway sounds like you had a wonderful time in vegas i've never been to vegas if you can believe that um that really weird? yeah isn't that weird well, we have BravoCon there in a few weeks, so I will oh, be that's back right. in Vegas. Um, that's right. So it's, that's going to be, I got a full, I've been to Vegas a bunch of times yeah. just because I traveled with Andy and Anderson there. I went there as a kid. Um, you, so I've I've seen a couple of things there. Yeah, you're always, you're always everywhere. Have you, are you, can you tell us what you're doing at BravoCon? Is this my usual yeah. a lot of stuff um okay. a lot of on air some live stage stuff for peacock so it'll be gotcha. streaming live interviewing a bunch of people i'm doing two panels i had to do a morning show on tiktok with some summer house people um wow. just a lot of stuff lot i haven't got my full itinerary yet but it's going to be kind of jam-packed so will you return and record an episode with no voice that's the question everyone wants to know like honestly if it was anything like last year probably <laughs> probably there you go yeah well just drink some tea and honey while you're there by the way speaking of yeah, I, I just want to let everyone know, I have recently become completely obsessed with green beans. Do you have any thoughts or questions? I'm, you know, ask me anything. Go ahead. Green beans are one of my favorite vegetables. Me in too. France, they call them Ericovert, uh, which, which I prefer over green beans. Um, but I make a green lot beans. of good green beans. Green beans. Yeah. I make green beans for Nadine like every day. and She's obsessed with them. First I one. honestly find that Chinese restaurants make green beans the best oh. because they know how to like crisp them yeah, in a yeah, way yeah. that I don't know how to crisp them. Now I haven't gotten that uh, experimental with them yet. I'm uh, literally always order a- green beans at a Chinese restaurant. They're fucking really? amazing. Yes. Okay, I might do that tonight. Cause I was just trying to think of what I want to eat for dinner. You know, I'm just doing the whole open the can, put them in the water, heat them up. Oh, buy them fresh. Put some babes. butter. I know everyone uh, no, says this. Why is everyone so buy against them, canned buy vegetables? Buy them fresh. It's not that it's against. It's just that they're never. They're going to be more soaked through than they would be fresh. Like if you buy them fresh, that's true. I take I take the ends off. I blanch them for about three minutes, so they're like okay. bright green. Mm-hmm. And then I put them in a skillet with oil, just a little salt and pepper. It's the okay. best way to do it. I'm telling you, okay. it's way better than canned beans with butter, and it doesn't really cost anything more. Coming next season, Darren's the uh, 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 host of Darren Top Plus Chef. chef. Yeah, 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 Darren, exactly. Darren Plus Chef. <laughs> All um, right, well, let's but, get into some. Can I stuff. just say 
quickly oh, sure. before we get yeah. to the Murdoch stuff because um this is really important to me about the Hamas stuff. Oh, yes, Israel sorry. Stuff. Yes, yes, and, yes. And um, I kind of feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't say anything, but I'm just, I don't think I've ever been this sad about, yeah. I, I think even when like Trump got, you know, Trump won or whatever, which just disheartened me in terms of like, just po- like the decorum of yeah. politics being thrown out the yes, window. I'm not even right. talking about party right now. Right. Uh, I don't think I've ever been this just utterly devastated about what's going on in that country. You know, I went on birthright. I'm half Jewish. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. the right half, but I'm certainly a half that count <laughs> uh, that counts. And I grew up, you know, more Jewish than, yeah. than Catholic than anything else. And I identify um, with my Jewish background. You know, mm-hmm. I was closer mm-hmm. to that side of my family and I just can't believe it. And what's really disheartening to me is just watching these protests in New York City. It's I'm sure they're going on in L.A. I'm not saying that they're not. But like L.A. is so spread out that in New York City, like when there's a protest, it's like it affects everyone and everything. You know, a block protest in New York City could affect everyone. But just seeing like these people and these signs saying gays for Palestine. I just want everyone to know that if I was gay, which I am in Palestine, I would be killed. Uh, Not only as a woman, but I would be murdered for being gay. And so I just strongly urge people to really consider. I don't think anyone that's pro-Israel, which I absolutely am, is saying, like, kill innocent Palestinians. Uh, It's Hamas that's calling that. Hamas are using women and children as human shields. Uh, Israelis would never do that. They always warn when people are going to bomb. They try and get their people out. Hamas does that because just complete savagery. Uh, Hamas and Palestinians are different but hamas is running the palestinian people who elected them to power and so that is where i think a lot of the language kind of gets um a little misconstrued and you know i just jewish people are the uh tiniest minority i think we're the uh littlest minority in the world only 2.4 percent of people are jews there's only a couple million you know like 15 16 million jews i believe out there right now the holocaust obviously wiped out six million of us um but the jewish people need everyone's compassion and words and thoughts right now and so if you know anyone involved in it a couple of my friends live in israel some of them are in the idf one of my friend's brothers just got deployed to go well he volunteered to go back there Uh, he was a navy seal in the idf so uh any support that you can give, um, yeah. even if it's $5 to any of these organizations, Israel needs your help. It's a small country. It's the size of New Jersey. And it is a peaceful country that we try to, I, I just, I like, I, I kind of bring tears to my eyes. Like, I don't even know how to talk I about know, it, but it's just so disheartening and watching CNN air the footage of Hamas just killing I know. babies and raping women. Um, people should be disgusted. And anyone thinks that that's okay, really needs to take a long look in the mirror and figure out, why they have so much hate in their heart and so much anger. It really, 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 really saddens me. And just watching all these social media things and all these fake things kind of coming through and people saying like, you know, well, Israel's killing Palestinians and this and that. So how can we be pro-Israel? No one is. It's like, it's like when the Iraq war came out, right. And people wore those magnetic ribbons on their cars. It says support our troops. It's like, of course you support the troops. You right. don't support the war, right? right? Or the like, invasion. Who of, doesn't of support a yeah. troop? Like if you aren't supporting troops, you know, like even in Vietnam, no one believed in the war, but throwing shit when the soldiers came back from Vietnam, calling right. them baby killers is not the right response. Yeah. That that was their job. They were drafted to go do that. Israel has a draft. That's what they're supposed to do. And just like, right. 
people are just really, really ignorant. And during these times, it's just so ignorant. And so I just, you know, I posted some pictures of me on birthright. I've given some of my money to go help these uh, organizations. It's just anything that you could possibly give. If you have nothing nice to say, don't fucking say anything at all. And don't (laughs) say anything to me because I am so at my peak right now that I... I'm not sure I would be able to respond accordingly. I mean, I do feel like if I was in New York City, if I saw a sign that said gays for Palestine, I'm actually not confident I could really speak rationally because it would just, the ignorance would insult me so much. Yeah. I can't, anyway, thank you for letting me um, Please take the mic. spiral Absolutely. on for a little bit, but but <laughs> kind of pivoting a little bit, although not so much. Let's talk right, about right. the Murdoch episode reaction. So it was a three-part series, basically taking place of like, we know the sun. We know the boat accident. This is from kind of taking one, it yeah. all from part one, but also just from the news. You know, this is really about Alec Murdoch's trial and how he was brought down. Because the surprising thing here, which to me was like the Danny Masterson thing, getting 30 years is like a white, privileged, rich man. Right. Um, tends to get away with these things, or at least... There's more barrier of of conviction, right? There's just more, it's harder to get convicted when you're in this position of power. And so the fact that he got this, considering he was like the wealthiest family in the Carolinas, you know, around like a poor area and was a lawyer is pretty shocking. And I think this is sort of when he thought he was, you can really see it in this. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I'm not going to take up more of of the airtime, but just like he thought (laughs) he was smarter than everyone else. That was he looked down on his fellow citizens and his jury, and his son fucking brought him to justice. His yeah. dead fucking son that he killed. Like, I just think that's such a poetic justice and such poetic irony. But you can tell that Alex just thought he was so much better than the people around him. He just thought he was so much smarter that we would just believe it because he said it. And it was so nice to see that it isn't true. I agree. I was shocked at well. I don't know where to even begin with my thought around that. I mean, yeah, he was definitely quite a dumb criminal. I mean, I I don't even know. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I'm almost almost like, did he even was he even that smart to think that he was smarter than everybody? I mean, how you know? Listen, well, it's like it's like that phrase: your ambition will betray you. There is something about being too <laughs> right. ambitious to this, right. to that. You know what I mean? Where you were have complete blinders on that you're not even paying attention to everyone around you, and you just think that you're better than everyone. Well, and he absolutely thought that he did, and I think the whole timeline situation where he didn't realize until he was sitting in that inner inner. Uh, interview room that he had changed his clothes i mean honey like if you're gonna you know it was just really really bizarre the whole thing i mean i was captivated it was a three-part series um as you mentioned this part or you know part two if you will there was something that the south carolina ag said that i thought was really interesting and i wanted to bring up here on the show too this was this was the the state that was prosecuting this case and the guy says quote You walk outside and you see snow everywhere. That is circumstantial evidence that it snowed last night. And it's just as important as direct evidence. But sometimes jurors believe that for someone to be guilty, you have to convince them beyond every doubt, not just reasonable doubt. Right. So, And I thought that was such an interesting quote for us as true crime podcasters, as listeners, as quote unquote fans of the genre, because- we want to we don't want to put you know nobody wants to put innocent people behind bars of course but in the this is such a quintessential case up until the cell phone video of tons and tons and tons of circumstantial evidence 
you know, there's no DNA. There's no, you know, there's nothing like linking him to the murder. There's no real motive of anyone wanting to kill the son or let yeah. alone the wife. Well, I want to get I into mean, that in a second. Yeah. Right. But, but there so was it, no one around. Right. You know, no video like, cameras. You know, yeah. he, well, and, and, and that's the, the thing too, is like, he obviously had guns on the property and he did admit to that, you know, which isn't that surprising, right? Like people have guns on their property, especially in the South, you know, hunting was a big thing of it. I'm not knocking anyone for doing that. Like they had them legally. It wasn't like he had illegal guns. So he did readily admit that, but for him to kind of, you know, for them to be able to match it up and then he used two different guns, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, There wouldn't have been a reason like, a killer, unless there would have been two killers, and even that having two separate guns feels weird. There mm-hmm. would be no reason to be like, let's go to this guy's house and murder his wife and son right. separately with two different guns, but kind of at the same time. It just doesn't track. It just yeah, nothing adds up. Track. Nothing adds right. up with his story whatsoever. And um, yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was something for everyone to think about. Um, I have a couple other things I wanted to bring up if you, but you feel free to jump in. I don't want to. Just... I just wanted to say my favorite part. Go ahead. And, we'll yeah. get, and maybe it is, is when you're watching um, the police interview him in the interrogation room, Alec Murdoch yeah. in the interrogation room, and they're replaying the audio recording of them in the barn with the dogs. Yeah. And you hear Alec's voice. And he always said that he had never been in there and he yeah, never of saw course. them. And they were like, do you recognize that voice on tape? And he's like, yep. And you can tell that this moment is when he realizes that he's yeah, a fucking yeah, yeah. idiot. Yeah. You know? And that, that was another is so note. great. It's I know. Just that, great. That was another thing I was going to say is like the body cam footage of the first responding people there and them kind of like trying to figure out what happened. Ooh, I love that. You can hear them. They're very professional. You can tell they're being very sensitive. I found that as, and then of course the interrogation room footage, which, you know, quite frankly, in a lot of cases prior to the nineties and two thousands, there wasn't a lot of that. So I really appreciated that. Here's the thing that, and and I want we should probably wrap up this kind of long NMR here, but here, there are two things that really stood out to me by the end of this episode. Number one so the dad dies, the grandfather, you know, around mm-hmm. like four days later, right? Is anyone talking about who got any of that inheritance or any of that money or whatever? I'm curious about that. No, the answer is no in this footage or in this documentary, but I'm I'm curious about that. The other thing that's really interesting is they highlight that Alec had stolen almost a million dollars, 700 and some thousand dollars from yeah. the law firm that he worked with. And was being caught and was being realized. My thought as a true crime podcaster, I'm sure you probably went here too, Darren, in some capacity, was did he murder these two to get life insurance so that he could pay this, potentially pay this money back? I mean, what other motive? I actually, I, I, I thought the motive was more reputation. I thought. Because of the, because of the other boating incident that was happening? The boating the incident. He didn't want his wife to know that he was addicted. He obviously had opioid addiction or drug addiction Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because he was spending a lot of that on the opioids. And Buster, I believe, knew that, um, but didn't want to have a stain on the family in any sort of way, which a lot of these things would have done. And so in order to kind of avoid the stain, I think he wanted to kill them. So A, that they would never find out, but also to gain sympathy from the public. 
I could see that. Yeah, like you, you, that's a good point because of all the generational reputation that the that the town. Right. It's like five generations of these yeah. guys. You know, like obviously a very wealthy, prominent name. I think it had. I personally actually think it had less to do with money and more so to do with just pure embarrassment, and he needed to save face for himself. Interesting. I'm just curious if there was, I would love to know if there was life insurance on both of them, if it got paid out, who got yeah. it and what's the status of, I mean, is he going to get charged for that 700 and some thousand dollar theft? I mean, okay, you're in jail for murder, but are they going to try to prosecute that? Where, where did that money go? I mean, right. we've talked so many episodes on the show, almost all of them, literally almost all of them are connected to the money, you know? So it's just like. Oh, and money was a motivating factor. I don't want to say that. I just feel like in the murders, he was so embarrassed yeah. about where he led the family. Oh, I know. I agree that, with you there. You know, yeah, that, sure. that instead of his son being remembered as a murderer, he would be remembered as someone who was murdered and then yeah. gained empathy for that. Um, my only real thought that came to my mind, and I think that's super perceptive of you because I wasn't thinking about life insurance, was just Buster. Well, right. There's, no there's that too. No family. Well, his dad's listen. in prison for killing his brother and his mother. His mother's dead. His brother's dead. And where was you know, he no that one night has too? Not that there's no anything one... pointing to him, but I'm just very curious. Well, if you remember in the first, oh, I don't remember, but if you remember the first part of yeah. the series, they talk about how he and this wasn't he's not convicted of this, but allegedly, potentially, he was involved in like that murder of that gay kid when he was That's 18, right. and I That's think he right. got involved in something like that. Again, not proven. No, this but is I just think what they were Netflix... kind of setting yeah. the scene for the fact that this family obviously is just. Yeah. Privileged and wayward. But I thought about Buster and I just was like, I wonder what he's thinking. Like, I, I wonder what, if he has any empathy, if he, mm -hmm. if he feels any, what are his questions? I'm what curious are his, what his questions. Right, like, what are his questions? What is he going to do with his life? You know, how can he possibly talk about a stain on the family reputation? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think that he's kind of done. I agree. I'm I'd be curious to know that as well. You know, I will say this, the very end of the series sort of wraps with this idea that maybe somebody else was involved in the in the shooting and they certainly point or at least insinuate in some capacity to cousin Eddie. Right. They ask him flat Who out. Denies that. Denies you know, it completely, yeah. Doesn't deny all the bank deposits he was making, of course. I still, he can you explain that? What is that? What was happening there? Yeah, I guess Alec had given him checks to for deposit. What? I don't know if, it, right, A, I don't know for what, B, I, maybe it was like Alec didn't want to be seen doing that, so he kind of gave it to his cousin who would go under the radar with that. It was kind of confusing, but clearly the cousin had no problem selling out Alec. No, uh, yeah in this story. So, and obviously Alec, I'm sure was trying to blame him for it. So yeah. hard to do that with the receipts and he wasn't convicted of anything. If he, I don't really believe. And again, it's little information. So who am I, what am I to say, but I don't believe that he was involved in the shootings. I just, I don't either. I don't know who else was involved. I will say that by the end of that episode, when I was hearing everyone else's thoughts as well, I do think there were other people involved. And I think that there were... But it would have had to have been someone that Alec trusted and totally. it would have been someone yep. that he probably could have blamed. 100%. Yeah, I agree completely. Who that is, I so, don't know. I'm not yeah, pointing right. any fingers at anyone, but it's just a little bit too... There's too much going on there and I just don't think that Alec 
could handle all that on his own based on the information there's I know. There's too about much him. there there. Yeah, kind of. too much yeah. there. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Well, Darren, thanks uh for all of your very thoughtful thoughts about Israel. And um I think that will resonate with a lot of people listening, hopefully. And um what a weird Murdoch Netflix situation. I'm gonna go g- cook some green beans now and we'll be back. Yeah, we need something uh a little bit less morbid, maybe. Yeah, maybe well, something. We'll see. Yeah, well, pink, go see pink. Go, go see pink. Run into Brandy Carlisle. Let's end it. Yeah, just go run into Brandy. Call it a day. Uh, <laughs> All but right. thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to me rant about this stuff. Obviously, if you want to reach out, you know where to find us at Carpe Darren at J Thrasher and our Facebook um, page, and of course on Patreon always. But we appreciate your time, John. Let's go record our full week's episode. Let's do it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.